in the Olympics, when someone wins the competition, one of the things they do right away is they get their nation's flag. They either wrap themselves in it and they start running around, right? It's like crazy awesome. Or what happens is they hold it up. They're signifying that that win is for their country. They're dedicating it to their country. Flags are something that are very useful. In fact, they've been useful in history for, for all of history. They symbolize countries. They symbolize different places and the things that, that are important about those places. But also one of the things that flags also signify is this word called surrender. Now, a white flag in Eastern and Western culture and in wartime, a white flag would signify surrender. It would signify ceasefire, stop, because we don't have anything left. We cannot overtake you. We are done. Often they would use a white flag because if they were in small villages, if they were in homes, if they were, if they were in a place where there wasn't a huge army that was there and they were attacked, it was easy to either use a white sheet that was made from cotton or to use a rag or something to hold on a stick so that they were able to see that surrender. Guys, surrender is so important. And tonight as we begin to discuss what that looks like, my hope is that you will lean in to what God has for you tonight. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna dive right into scripture. But there's something really significant about what's happening, and I'm hoping that you're gonna see a story that unfolds. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you are a God who is here. I thank you, God, that you are moving in our midst. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come upon us, and Lord, that you would move in the hearts of students, leaders, myself, Lord, tonight. Lord, as we look at surrender, why, Lord, have you called us? And where are you calling us to go? Show us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, there were some, there were some men that were walking around with Jesus. Did you know that most of the disciples were, in fact, teenagers at this time? They were probably between 14 and 16 years old. That's pretty crazy thinking about how much they did. They followed Jesus on foot to different places with no food, with no water, with no money. And they were like, Jesus, we're just going to follow. We're going to do whatever it is that you're calling us to do. And what was happening is Jesus began teaching them. They were learning. They were beginning to understand what Jesus was talking talking about. But Jesus never let them off the hook. In fact, Jesus had his own type of pop quizzes. I hated pop quizzes because it didn't make sense that I had to memorize information that didn't matter. I know, I hear you. And in the disciples' time, what Jesus would do is he would stop with them and he would ask them a question. He would say, guys, who do you say that I am? And the disciples would sit there and say, what do you mean? What are you trying to get out of me? I don't understand. Is this a trick question? I think your name is Jesus. So I think that's who you are. But Peter answered in this time. And he said, well, well I, we know that you are the Christ. Peter gets it right for once. We know that you are the Christ. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly, but don't go telling. And so we pick up this story in Luke 9, we pick up this story, and here's what it begins to say. Then he said to them all, he's with his disciples at this time. Remember, Jesus just answered a question. Whoever wants to be my disciple 
must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy people. We're going to break this down because there's some significant truths. If you heard those statements that were being said during that music video, my hope is that you identified with one of those statements because guess what? We're all dealing with stuff. We all have our own set of doubts, our own set of fears. Some of us, some of us are doubting, who is God? Is he real? What's really going on? Is this Jesus thing actually something that makes sense to me or does it not make sense? With all of the things happening in school, in the nation, the hard things happening in this world, how can there be a God? What is going on? Some of you are like, yeah, I've been doing this. I've heard this. I know the Bible. I know the books of the Bible. I know a lot of the things that Jesus said. I have a lot of verses memorized. I can say John 3.16 in a heartbeat. But tonight, my hope is that you hear something. You hear something that begins to identify where you are in your own journey with Christ. In your own journey wondering, God, why did you create me? And what do you have for me? So when we look in here, he said, Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Guys, this is pretty crazy. To deny yourself is, is a huge statement that, that, that Jesus is using, but he doesn't just stop there. That's what's crazy to me. He says, all right, you need to say that you aren't who you actually are. You need to deny who you are to be my disciple. What he's trying to say here, guys, and I think this, this lines up really well with that statement, that first statement. God, I don't even know if you are real. I don't know why I'm having these doubts. God, are you there? Guess what? In life, you're not gonna know all the answers. You're gonna have doubts. You're gonna have questions. You're gonna wonder about things that are said in God's word. You're gonna try and wrestle with hard questions in this world. You're gonna try and make sense of who God is sometimes and it's not gonna make sense and that is okay. Jesus says, deny yourself. Take a step back and realize he didn't write this he didn't write his word. He didn't write the Bible so that you could know every single answer. He wrote it so you could know the truth of who he is and who he is calling you to be. He says, deny yourself. And then he goes further. He says, take up your cross. Guys, when Jesus said this, what he was saying to them, he was saying, you may have to go through the worst punishment that we know. At that time, crucifixion, which is dying on a cross, that's what that means. Crucifixion was the worst Roman punishment that there was for a criminal. Jesus was foreshadowing his death on the cross when he said this. But more than that, he's asking us 
to enter into that reality with him and to not just say, God, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to decide that you know more than me and you've called me to greater purposes. He's saying, deny yourself and then take up your cross. Be willing, be willing to die a criminal's death for me. You see, Jesus was also referring to, at this time, the gospel of Jesus Christ was not that well known around the world. And he knew that when this gospel got out that Jesus Christ died, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven so that we could be made one with God again. When that God around the world, there will be people who do not believe, and there will be people who are going to persecute you for that belief. And throughout the rest of that generation of believers, throughout the first, the first apostles and disciples, the people who first believed in Jesus, many of them were martyred or killed for their belief in Jesus. And he was preparing them. He was preparing them to enter into, enter into what God had called them to do and to proclaim the gospel no matter what. You see, these guys had spent about two years at this time with Jesus, learning from him, hearing his teachings, beginning to understand who he was. And there were some difficult things they had to understand. And then Jesus lays this on him. He says, yeah, you've, you've done a lot. I get that you've been here with me for two years. I get that you've given up a lot of things. I get that. But I'm asking you to go even further. I'm asking you to deny yourself. I'm asking you to be ready and prepared to give it all, no matter what that's going to look like. Then he continued, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. I thought this was an incredible piece of this verse. It says, during that time, Jesus knew, Jesus knew the gospel would not be well received. And so he wanted them to be ready to lose their life. Then he continues, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? What good is it, guys? And this is something you need to really think about. What good is it for you to live whatever life you want to live, to do whatever it is that you want to do, to say the things you want to say, to enjoy the things you want to enjoy, to go on the internet and look at the things you want to look at? to hang out with the people that you want to hang out with, to make the jokes that you want to make, to do some of the things behind closed doors that you want to do. What good is it to live that life and yet lose your very self? Jesus is trying to communicate something. He's trying to say, guys, I know a better life for you. I know a better life. That life is one that starts now. That life is one in which you choose to follow me. And that doesn't just stop in this world. I know that there's going to be times when it's hard. I know there's going to be times when you're going to have doubts. I know that there's going to be times when it's going to be a difficult thing to live for me. But it is so worth it because I am going to live with you forever. What good is it to live whatever life you want to? And then when it comes to it, to be separated with God for eternity. 
That's the reality of the decision that you get to make. The freedom to choose to follow Jesus and to believe that God sent Jesus to be with, you, with us, to die for us, and to then reunite us with God the Father once again so that we can live for eternity. He continues, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. The voice said, it's so hard to live for Jesus at school and with my friends. I don't want to look weird in front of them. Guys, I get it. I do. I was a kid in public school. I understood what Jesus said. I understood the Bible. And yet there were times when I look back and I say, Spencer, why did you choose to live that way? Why did you make the decisions you made? You knew what I was calling you to be. You knew the truth of the gospel. You knew that I had come to be with you, to know you. And yet you chose to be ashamed of me. Whoever is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. Some of you here, you know, you know what God says. You know the decision that you've made. And sometimes it's hard to share that. Sometimes it's hard to live that way. But Jesus is pretty clear here. What this begins to do is it opens a door to the disciples' heart. It begins to open a door to what Jesus is calling his disciples, the people that are living with him each day, towards. He's calling them towards a life, knowing who Jesus is, knowing what he is going to do, and living in light of that for God and choosing to make decisions based off of that belief and choosing because it's right there in front of them. They have to choose to either follow Jesus. Jesus asked them before this passage, he said, who do you say that I am? And I think Jesus asks us that same question so frequently. And I think he's asking that question of you tonight. I think Jesus is asking you in your own hearts, in your own minds, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? And some of you, some of you don't know. Some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know what I believe. I don't know who this God is. Some of you are like, why? Well, I've heard it a lot. But maybe it's time to take that next step. Maybe it's time to surrender something. Maybe it's time to say, I'm done. You see, the definition of surrender is literally giving up any hope of victory by your own power. You guys, when we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we understand what God did for you and for me, we realize you, you can't do it by your own power. You can never be a good enough person. You can never do enough good things. God is calling you to surrender. God is calling you to make a decision, to give up trying to do it yourself, trying to be a better person, trying to do it all right, and to give it to him and say, Jesus, it is time for me to follow you. Jesus, it is time for me to, to take on what it is that you've called me to do. Jesus, it is time for me to to ignore those doubts that I keep having and step into a relationship with you. 
God created you to be with him. God created you uniquely so that you could know him, so that you could be with him forever. Problem is, is sin. And you know what? Sin separated us. When you were born, you were born with sin. You chose to do things that were, that were in contradiction of God. You looked away from him and you chose to do that. Why do you think it's so easy to lie? Why do you think it's so easy to steal things? Why do you think it's so easy to just not tell the truth? Why do you think it's so easy to just disobey mom and dad? Because our natural inclination is to do that which is against God. Sin, your sin and my sin, it can't be, it can't be erased by good things. I can never do enough good things. I can never hope in any of the things that I can do to ever give me victory. I need to give up any hope of victory by my own power. But you know what was crazy? Is God sent himself. God sent himself in the form of Jesus to die for us. Guys, it's so funny because I didn't know this stuff when I was a middle schooler. I did not know so many things that I now know and that I think a lot of you now know as well. Because of the research that has started to come out about who Jesus was, you guys need to understand that it is not like a questionable thing that Jesus was a real person in historical times. Jesus actually lived. He actually died by crucifixion. He actually is recorded as dying at the hand of Caesar, right? Oh, that was wrong. Pontius Pilate, he actually, he actually was here and he did miraculous things and he showed who he was. And then it says that he then died by crucifixion, a criminal's death, so that he could pay the price for your sin, for my sin, so that when we chose to follow him, when we chose to recognize that I'm a sinner, when you choose to recognize that you aren't going to do it right, that you can never, never live with God for eternity on your own power, and when you choose to give up any hope of victory by your own power, you choose to say, Jesus, I'm sick of doing it myself. I'm ready to follow you, and I'm ready to give it all. I'm ready to surrender what it is that I need to surrender in order to go grow closer to you. Everyone who believes in Jesus, everyone who chooses to follow Jesus alone has eternal life. And guys, I want you to know that eternal life isn't just about being with Jesus in heaven forever. And I know that might sound like a ridiculous thing, but I really, guys, I would not tell you this if I didn't believe it. I would not tell you this if I wasn't convicted that there is a God who created this world and that he sent Jesus, he died on that cross and he was raised to life so that he defeated sin so that we could live a new life here on earth and so that we could spend our eternity with a God who created us to be with him. I would not stand up here saying this if I did not believe what I said. Because there is a God who loves you so much. There is a God who wants to know you. Some of you don't know where, where you're at with this. You don't even know if you believe in God. And I want you to know, I wouldn't be up here if I was just trying to tell you a hoax. 
There's a God who wants to know you and be with you and to change your heart and to change your mind, to change your life. Some of you tonight are here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Tonight is about surrender. Tonight is about making a decision that you can't do it on your own. That when you look up at the stars in the sky at night and you see all of the universe and you realize how huge this universe must be, that you realize there is no question that there is a God because it can't be explained any other way. And why is it that we are the only creature here on earth that is able to understand that we're alive, is able to realize that we have a capability to have communication and intellect and we can grow and we can learn God created us so uniquely so that we would have no excuse that there is a God in heaven who is choosing to pursue you, who is choosing to ask you to say, to answer the question, who do you say that I am? Guys, tonight is not about what your friend is doing next to you. Tonight is not about what you have going on on your phone. Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to figure out what it is in your life you need to surrender. If you're talking to a friend right now, you shouldn't be. Tonight, I'm giving you an opportunity to make a decision. Some of you need this opportunity. Guys, God is calling out to you right now. God, God is asking you to make a decision. Some of you, he's asking you to make a decision for the first time to follow him. My hope is that you are ready to embrace this truth and you might not know all the answers. We don't either. We continue to strive after it. We continue to to search after what God is calling us to do and to be and to know. But guys, tonight, you have an opportunity to surrender. And I don't know what it is that you need to surrender. Maybe some of you need to surrender your heart and your life, and you need to make a decision tonight that there is a God in heaven and that Jesus came and he actually chose to do something in your life. Maybe tonight, you need to surrender and you need to say, God, I'm sorry. I keep sinning. I keep doing things I know that are wrong. I keep looking up things that I shouldn't be looking up. I keep doing things with friends that I shouldn't be doing. I keep doing things with my girlfriend or boyfriend I shouldn't be doing. I keep gossiping about those around me. I keep saying dirty things at school and with my friends. Some of you need to make a decision tonight to step away from that. Some of you need to say sorry. You need to surrender that sin to God. Some of you, you know the answers. You've heard this and you've made a decision already. Some of you need to get real. Living for Jesus is not a one-time decision. It's an everyday commitment. Every day, Jesus asks you, who do you say that I am? Because if you say that I am a God who is here if you say that I am a God who is with you, 
If you say that I am a God who has saved you, then why are you living that way? And why aren't you getting out of your comfort zone and showing and sharing others with me? So tonight, we're going to do something, but I want you guys to do it. I don't want you to be distracted by those, those that are around you. I want you to think in your own hearts, in your own minds, and I want you to close your eyes, bow your head. This is just to eliminate distractions. Get off your phones. Stop talking to your friends. Tonight, you're thinking about you. You're thinking about your own heart and what it is in your own life you need to surrender tonight. Tonight, there is something that you need to surrender. Everybody has something to surrender. I have something to surrender. Sometimes I live in fear. I live in fear of sharing the gospel because people might get offended. You know what? I need to be sick of that. I need to surrender that fear to God. Tonight, make a decision. Do you, need to, do you need to ask Jesus to come into your life for the first time? Is there something really hard going on in your life and you need to surrender it? Is there a sin in your life that you keep going back to and you need to surrender it? Tonight is about your personal decisions. Tonight is about thinking about in your own life, who do you say Jesus is? And what we're going to do is, a lot of you have made decisions tonight. And I don't take those decisions lightly. You've made decisions to do something. You've made decisions to surrender something. Some of you have chosen to follow Jesus for the first time, and that's an amazing decision. Some of you had to surrender something in your life. During this next song, I'll show you. I want you to come grab a candle. What I want you to do, if you surrendered something tonight, during this next song, I want you to light that candle. I want you to place it on the stage. Tonight, I surrendered my fear. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being afraid. I'm sick. I'm sick of trying to, to make sure that I don't offend somebody. I want people to know the love of Christ in my life. And I'm sick of being afraid of it. I need to surrender my fear. Tonight, some of you surrendered something. And during this next song, if you surrendered something, I don't know what that is, but I'm proud of you for doing it. I want you to grab a candle. I want you to light it. There's a little switch on the bottom. I want you to place it. I want you to do this respectfully, quietly, thinking in your own heart about what it is that you surrendered tonight. Because that doesn't stop here. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to turn here 
and you're going to stay seated. And when you're ready to come and light a candle, come do that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your power. Thank you, God, that you, that you came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. Lord, you ask each and every one of us, who do you say that I am? And Lord, I pray that we would say that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we want to live for you. We want to know you. And Lord, as you pursue us, I pray that we would pursue you. Lord, you know exactly where each student, leader, adult is at tonight. You know your relationship with them. I pray that you'd put it on their heart tonight to know their relationship with you. And Lord, that this candle would signify a new, a new path for them, for me. In Jesus' name, amen.